Coming up, you versus gravity, or how to have fun in your very own fat cave without becoming a sideshow in your local hospital's currently overworked emergency department. This episode is a PSA. I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap. For buyers here in Australia. Website for that, obviously. Or you can just click the card that I personally climbed up there and erected on my ladder without wearing pants. Again, still. Literally taking commando to a whole new level. Free bagging in space. Yes! Which sounds like the sequel to a movie which I probably would not watch, especially if I starred in it. Anyway, this is not an especially automotive report today. So if you only come here for that, I'm sorry to disappoint you this early in the new year. It's actually a special request inspired in part by you if your name is Nimi James. Just watch the second part of the BMW 420i video. It would be a great idea to make the ladder use part a separate video, really informative. There's only one thing better than injuring yourself and learning not to do it again, and that's to learn from somebody else. Agreed, Nimi. It's always fun to launch off somebody else's misfortune, especially if there's a lesson in it you. So, in my recent BMW 420i review, I'll put a link up there, also Commando, yes. Chapter 2 of that video involved me upgrading the fat cave by jamming one of these quite neat <coughs> load-bearing beam clamps into the steel beam overhead, which holds up Level one of stately Chateau Shitsville. These are really clever. And the reason for doing that was <laughs> working in chaos. <laughs> the reason for doing that is that Fat Cave is essentially a philosophical process. It's something you aspire to getting right, but never do. Like you just do it and do it and do it and do it and do it. And the purpose of this particular beam clamp upgrade was the better to dangle my punching bag tantalisingly in front of my face so that it may more effectively mock my pathetic attempts to hurt its feelings in future and generally suck out my soul and destroy my will to live, leaving me a withered husk, which is the point of exercise. We'll get to that. Punching bags are really good for that. Better than a dozen psychiatrists for mental health too, and substantially cheaper. So there's that. A little bit of ghetto engineering in the fat cave, right? And mainly I wanted to point out to you, if you have a flange mounting project, that you should become intimate with that flange in this particular way with a beam clamp at the risk of sounding like pervert Yoda or something versus doing something a bit ham-fisted like welding a fixture on or drilling a hole in the flange of your beam and built, bolting an eye bolt to that. Uh, these things easily could end in tears, right? Those kinds of adaptations are generally a bad idea unless you really know what you are doing and fully understand beam design in the context of the loads that are, you know, likely to be imposed upstairs. 
These beam clamps, right, they're super affordable and they're purpose-built. They're ideal for things like punching bags or light chain blocks for lifting in the fat cave or whatever related overhead equipment your bespoke dungeon requires. They're quite versatile like that. Obviously, to do this, I had to get up a ladder. In the case of the high ceiling in here, like 4.2 metres up a ladder, which is quite high, and this is a potentially dangerous thing to do, obviously. So I thought, without being a complete job site safety OCD Nazi type, that I might just provide you with some simple tips for you on doing this in your fat cave so that you could get up there and get back to Earth in one piece, which I think we all basically want. So the obvious place to start with ladders is to say that any time you get up one, you are at risk of falling and falls are really bad. Like accidental falls are a major cause of death and disability in Australia and you're going to put yourself at risk by going up a ladder and there's a few really simple rules okay so the first one is that you've got to get the angle of the ladder right and that should be 75 degrees which is like 15 degrees off the vertical okay the only problem with this is that most people have no friggin idea what 75 degrees looks like when you just eyeballing a ladder, now, particularly a ladder like this, which is just going up to a beam, like it's not against a wall, it's just all free space over here, right, in there, just free space for six metres or something, right, so what is 75 degrees and how can you measure it? So the first way to do that is to just stand upright at the base of the ladder and reach your arm out like this, and if your arm is just kind of long enough to grab the rail, then you're at about 75 degrees, okay? And the other way to look at it is it's one in four, okay? So for every four metres you go up, the base of the ladder should be one metre out from the wall. Every two metres, it should be half a metre, like that, okay? So if you've got a two metre high ladder, it should be like half a metre out from the wall. A four metre high ladder, it should be like one metre out from the wall. And the other obvious thing is that the manufacturers of ladders, they understand this. So guess what? When you get the angle right, the treads are level. So all you need to do is put your level on it and, dude, if the bubble's in the middle, then you've got the angle right. And obviously, this is a hedge against the two major ladder disasters, which are if it's too steep and you lean back, then the ladder will fall backwards. That's bad. And if it's too shallow an angle like this, it'll slip down. And that's kind of bad as well, because either way, if you're up there, you're going to fall that distance. And just to put this in perspective, right, my head's going to be 4.2 metres up. And that essentially means that if I fall and I hit the ground, I'm going to hit the ground at about 30 k's an hour. And that's enough to hurt you badly. Like imagine coming off a bike and coming to a dead stop at 30 k's an hour. You're going to get hurt. If you're conscious and you fall like that, your body's going to invoke, your brain will invoke some really deep, environmental sort of evolutionary programming that you probably haven't used for years and you'll put your arm out or your leg will come out whatever and those things will get sacrificed so that your brain doesn't hit the ground with maximal impact okay this is pretty serious stuff like it's even worse if you're unconscious while you're falling and 
the obvious ways to be unconscious while you fall are electric shock or B, get an impact in your eye. Like you're up there working above your head or something and something you haven't seen flicks down and hits you hard in the eye. You can be instantly unconscious because your optic nerve is part of your central nervous system and an impact or a significant sort of trauma to your eye can render you instantly unconscious. Ask me how I know, right? I know because of the conversation that I had uh, many years ago, decades ago now, with the ophthalmic surgeon who uh, saved the sight in this eye, right? Because I woke up one day lying on the grassy ground at the foot of a ladder and I had no sensation of falling and I just had terrible pain in my eye. And I'd been up the ladder doing a little bit of tree lopping. And, and, and normally with chainsaws and things of that nature, I wear safety glasses, like religiously. And I just noticed a branch up there and I got up the ladder and I pulled it down and it came away unexpectedly and went, speared me in the eye, wiped the top off my cornea. And the next thing I know is I woke up on the ground. And I said to the doc while he was treating me one of the numerous friggin' times, while I lay there for three weeks with my head in a really tight bandage thinking, kill me now, right? I said to the doc, I've got no memory of falling. And he said, ah, oh, that's because your heart probably stopped. I went, blah, 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 blah. how does that work? And he goes, optic nerve, central nervous system, impact there, lights go out. I went, uh-huh. So having been there and done this once, you're kind of an idiot if you run the same experiment again. So two things when you get up a ladder, even if you don't think you need that. One, put your brain in a box in case you're unconscious when you fall. And two, wear safety specs because then optic nerve not so exposed to uh, being put the lights out and then rebooting on the way down to the ground because if you're unconscious that programming will not run your arm will not go out that impact energy will not be absorbed by lesser importance type things in your structure you won't get that potentially life-saving protection and it can be really really bad but you also have to realize that if you're relying on these things as a primary defense when you go up a ladder, then you've kind of already failed because you should have a multi-layered protection system and the PPE should be like the last resort. It's kind of like a seatbelt, which, to which I would say better not crashing, yeah? It's much better not to crash. Yeah, the seatbelt can help, but better not to crash. Yeah, putting your brain in a box like a bicycle helmet is ideal for this kind of thing and wearing safety specs is perfect also but really you've got to organize the ladder on firm ground good quality ladder that's not damaged in any way 75 degrees and the other pro tip is if you've got to lean out here beyond the rail or out here beyond the rail then just imagine your belt buckle okay you're not allowed to move your belt buckle outside the boundary of these two rails because then your center of mass will remain within the uprights protecting you and you won't end up in this situation where you're out here and all of a sudden the ladder starts to slide down the wall because that's also bad. So anyway, without raving on too long about the safety aspect of doing this, I'm going to put my brain in a box, put my safety specs on, get this up here, clamp this on, put the punching bag together and dude, cue the montage.
obviously my aim here was not to be definitive on ladder safety, but perhaps merely to add some ammunition to your personal don't fall off your ladder arsenal, right? And I got some fascinating responses from you in the comments, so thank you very much. For example, this one here from Tony Henderson. Over 50, never climb over one meter without another pair of eyes on you. Over 60, stay on the ground unless you have a death wish. In principle, I agree with that. And on one level, it is very difficult to argue with, isn't it? But the counterpoint I suppose to be made is the best way not to crash a car is just never get in one. And the best way not to get injured using an angle grinder is don't ever use one or stand close to one that's in use. And the best way not to get run over is just never cross the street, dude. So I'd suggest that that kind of advice is absolutely on the money, but not all that practical at times. And I kind of hate the thought of living what remains of my wasted life wrapped in cotton wool. Except, of course, if Tiffany is having a wrapping moment. She is my kryptonite, after all. I guess you have to be realistic about your physical condition and your ability. And if you do press the go button on any particular activity, then what you have to do is you have to stack the deck in your favour. Good on you, John. Thanks for I'm not sure how many years of your reports. I'm one of those guys who remember when you weren't in the greatest shape physically all those years ago. Have a great new year, mate, and many more years of your reports here on the tube. Okay, so the reason I'm including this comment, apart from kind of liking the idea of having as many constructive voices on the channel as possible and not being especially afraid to admit my many flaws, is this, all right? I know exactly what it is like to get older and let yourself go and become a proper fucking slob. When I got serious about YouTube, right, I'd just spent three years or something of that nature hosting Midnight to Dawn Radio on the weekends on Radio 2UE in Sydney, which is how I learned to talk underwater. I used to sit at Lawsy's old desk and talk to the crazy insomniacs and the bored shitless shift workers from midnight on Friday until 6am on Saturday and then midnight on Saturday until 6am Sunday times 52 weeks a year. And this is a dead set battle with your body clock after working normal hours, kind of Monday to Friday, right? It's like flying to Europe once a week and you get all the jet lag but you don't wake up in Florence, like, not once. And it just fucked me, physically. Like, physically and mentally, if I'm completely honest about it. I ate badly and I stopped working out and I had no energy and I was a bit of a bastard too, frankly. And I put on, like, 12 or 13 kilos and generally just became a kind of more or less disgusting slob. And then about three years ago, I decided to turn this particular frown upside down, although without any aspirations of becoming a fitness influencer on fucking Instagram. I just wanted to function again like I used to before that assault on my personal clock, right? So I can tell you that being a lazy fat slob absolutely makes a huge difference to functionality generally, like physically and mentally. When I started back on this path to being reasonably fit, 
I could not do a single proper pull-up. You know, like a proper pull-up is with your arms locked out straight at the bottom of the move and then your chin touching or above the bar at the top. Not fucking one. Disgracefully enough. And today I can do like 50 in 12 minutes or something. And I'm looking to knock that back to 50 in 10 minutes by the 30th of June. So that'll be an interesting challenge. And I do other crazy stuff like I deadlift my own body weight 60 times in 10 minutes. And I can tell you that it's not fun and I don't suspect it's meant to be fun. It's just something you've got to do if you want to function. And the way I look at it, this is kind of an experiment, right? Does how you train, how you live, if you train, does it affect how you function, right? And the result is, yeah, it does a lot. So I think you have to be kind of frank and impartial about your general physical ability, state of fitness, health, balance, etc. if you plan to do anything like this. And if you've become a slob, perhaps you should remain on the ground and instead of getting up a ladder, just concentrate on unfucking yourself physically, which is absolutely not going to be fun. But from personal experience, I can tell you it's definitely worth it, okay? And now, this somewhat sobering message from a dude named David Brayshaw. I have used ladders extensively throughout my life. I've miraculously survived a fall, which later became subject matter in OHS training. Three years ago, I attended my son's best friend's funeral. He had fallen from a ladder at a relatively low height, surviving for only a few hours before passing away. This happened just before Christmas. What a Christmas. I concur with all that John states with regards to ladder safety in this presentation. That said, however, there are glaring oversights in this presentation. A ladder should always be secured either by lashing or by having a second person footing the ladder. A ladder should also only be used in the presence of a second person who can render aid in case of a fall. A third consideration is one's age, aptitude and fitness. This is the silent killer with regards to ladder safety and one that us tough blokes ignore the most. We grossly overestimate our ability. The average age of a ladder accident victim is around 65 years of age. Not all people are comfortable getting up ladders. Fear greatly increases the risk when using ladders. If you are scared, don't climb one, ever. You must be fit. This isn't just about strength either. A small niggle such as a sore wrist or a bruised knee can have fatal consequences. Inner ear infections, colds, flu, etc. greatly impact one's ability to use a ladder safely. Go with your gut instinct always. If you think what you are doing is dodgy, it is. Hey David, thank you so much for that hashtag respect. Thank you for the time it took you to pen that lengthy message. It's also quite valuable. I know that I'm not alone when I say I'm sincerely sorry to hear that about your son's friend. This kind of thing is very confronting indeed at any time, but perhaps the gravity of that situation combined with you taking the time to make those excellent points in the comments with which I agree wholeheartedly, incidentally, might inspire some people to use ladders more safely henceforth by implementing your tips, let's hope. Obviously, there's no tracking system for falls that don't occur because they're prevented. 
because of interventions such as these, right? So we'll never actually know, but I suspect this kind of input is extremely helpful indeed. And of course, I am glad that you survived your dispute with Isaac Newton's apple. One other point, right? Aluminium is an excellent conductor of electricity and also a very common material for ladders, right? Therefore, do look up for overhead wires when you are working around home. And you've got to realise that the lighting circuits are not typically protected by core balance relays, also known as safety switches or residual current devices. So you are at risk if you're working on a lighting circuit, which you should not do unless you're an electrician, obviously. Fiberglass is a far better material to prevent you from becoming an effective conduction path to earth. But it is typically more expensive to buy fiberglass ladders, and they are heavier to lug around. And now this from Daniel Edwards, commentary from a former ladder industry insider. Thank you very much for your PSA on ladder use. I worked for the two biggest ladder brands in Australia, including the one you use, when it was still under Australian ownership. I dealt with industrial, emergency services, defense, and the general public. Most of the general public are clueless when it comes to ladder safety. I know because I had to deal with the legal and customer service issues facing the company when an idiot fell off one. In all my years in the industry, never did a soldier fall off an assault ladder, a fireman fall off a ladder, or a worker in the electrical utilities fall off a ladder. Who fell off ladders? A few tradies and a lot of idiot consumers. Almost all who fell wanted to blame the ladder and wanted to sue the company. In every case I was involved in, said idiot knew nothing of basic ladder safety. A firefighter can climb a ladder fully laden with his equipment and come back down it carrying a person on their shoulders, breaking every OHS rule while doing it. A soldier will scramble up an assault ladder in full kit ready to fire their firearm. Yet an idiot cleaning his, and it was always men, never a woman, gutters, cannot stay safe on a ladder. Thank you very much, Daniel. Once again, a brilliant piece of fairly unique perspective there. I appreciate the time that you spent making that comment. I remember watching an interview of a former Special Forces soldier once, and he said that one of the most terrifying things that he ever did was, counterintuitively, civilian parachuting. Like, this is a guy who had done halo jumps at night over some very hostile shitholes, right? No stranger to parachuting. He's terrified jumping in the middle of the day with a bunch of amateurs, mainly because of how casually they treated what are supposed to be the multiple redundancies and related processes which the military routinely uses to ensure that you jump and then get to the ground intact. And they don't really care that much about you while you're jumping, right? But they do care that you are useful to the mission because it's not much use if you wake up dead on the ground, is it? You're not much of an asset to the friggin' team. And it's even worse if you're injured because then they've got to take care of you. So to me... This kind of thing is just like going to Bunnings, which is a fascinating place to walk around, especially on a Saturday.
All of those slicing, dicing, and otherwise death-dealing machines on sale, and they look so shiny. I just want one of everything, right? You can buy a chainsaw and a five-inch angle grinder and a ladder, and unless you work in industry or defence, nobody's going to stop you failing to use every safety procedure in the book, are they? You have to wear a mask at Woolworths, right? But using a drop saw at home remains the wild, wild west of personal risk. It's completely down to you, okay? At home, you are free to knock back a few beers, you know, whip yourself up a ladder with that chainsaw in one hand and the angle grinder in the other if you want, and nobody but nobody is going to stop you. And I did not just say that doing this was a good idea, just for complete disambiguation. It is emphatically a bad idea. And frankly, YouTube is not that much help either. Dude, the number of well-meaning DIY YouTubers breaching basic safety processes with death-dealing tools and equipment is frankly breathtaking. Like using an angle grinder, wearing heavy gloves, hashtag entrapment hazard, they're doing it one-handed, taking the guard off, standing in line with the frigging disc they're ticking every known box. And it's just because they don't know any better. If you've never worked in industry, you haven't had people shout at you that you're doing this badly, okay? I saw a dude locally here just the other day. He's using a chainsaw, okay? He's taken the time to put on earmuffs, but he's not wearing eye protection like the mind boggles and just go for a drive on the weekend and see the number of people using a lawnmower or a brush cutter in thongs, mate. I have to look away. I cannot watch that kind of shit. Okay? It's just so depressing. I guess natural selection is a thing, okay? It's a weakness among us and we have evolved into this mechanised world so rapidly that evolution has not actually had time to catch up and take all the bad genes out of the pool. Personal responsibility is a real thing here too. But you do have to know, don't you? So that you can be responsible. And ignorance is no defence when you wake up in hospital and you can't feel your friggin' legs. And I guess that's the point of me sitting here telling you this today and not just raving on endlessly about cars and car makers behaving badly. You probably don't think about putting on a seatbelt when you get in a car, right? And it's probably a long time in between crashes. I certainly hope so. So with that in mind, hypothetically, you could make an argument that a lot of seatbelt wearing is kind of useless or sort of redundant, unnecessary, whatever. I'm not saying that's a good idea either. And for complete disambiguation there, always wear your friggin' seatbelt, dude. These processes that you go through, these safety processes, right, they're meant to deliver a multi-layered protection system so that you need more than one link in the chain to fail in order to get hurt. That's why there's all of those different chains holding that one load, which would be your safety, your future, okay? The ladder's on safe, stable ground. It's on a foundation, right? It's back at the right angle. You put your phone in your pocket in case you land on the ground, you've got to call emergency services. You put your friggin' brain in a box and your safety glasses on and you keep your belt buckle between the rails, even if you're not wearing friggin' pants, and make sure somebody knows that you're going up there and 
you make sure you're sufficiently de-slobbed to the extent that this activity is not a particular physical challenge. And as discussed earlier, if it feels dodgy, stop immediately and don't do it. De-escalate, get back to the ground, recalibrate the frigging plan. I sincerely hope this helps, right? The last thing emergency services need, especially right now in the midst of the Omicron COVID outbreak, is you to attend to, lying on the friggin' floor, Humpty dumpty And thank you once again to everyone who commented so constructively on that last report.